The ninth version of the Federal IT Acquisition Reform Act, or FATARA, scorecards shows the most compliance progress yet. Three agencies received grades of A, and most of the subcategory areas saw improvement across the board. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about the fact that despite those improvements in FATARA scores, some old habits don't die so easily. Jason joins me now in studio and briefly review the FATARA scores. Tell us what. So three agencies, as you said, got A's. Education Department, which uh, which is the first time got an A. General Services Administration got an A for the first time. And the U.S. Agency for International Development rebounded back to an A. They had gotten an A a couple scorecards ago, dropped actually to a C minus, went to a B minus, and I'll back that as an A minus. But basically, this is telling us how well they conform to what is required of FATARA, which is among other things, integration of finance, CIO, CFO, and all of that, and procurement. The whole idea was to give CIOs more power, right. a bigger seat at the table. Something, Tom, that we've been talking about since, I think, 1996 years or so, with yeah. the Klinger-Cohen Act. And what the, these grades show beyond the fact that they have A's or, or B's or C's is that there's real progress. Now, if you look at some of those subcategories, like CIO authorities, like data center optimization, like software licensing, you see a lot more A's and B's and fewer C's, D's, and very few F's. And that's a big change. Now, does this mean agencies are better in compliance? They're 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 gaming the system, if you will, like we've seen with, with FISMA all these years? Or are they really making change? And, and I would tell you, Tom, it's a little bit of both. I think agencies understand how the scorecard works. I, I think they understand how to get good grades. But at the same time, and we see this time and again in, in several different agencies, the CIO's authorities, the CIO's seat at the table is much more impactful. They are working more closely with CFOs, chief acquisition officers, chief human capital officers, and they're more importantly understanding the programmatic needs and then applying IT no longer is IT an enabler. IT is part of the mission. And I think you're starting to see that across the board. And the graders of the FATARA scores are, in fact, Congress and the Government Accountability Office. They come up with the grading system. They, they look at all the reports that GAO has done, get new data from OMB and from the agencies, and then decide on where agencies end up ranking. Now, we know that the FATARA scorecard, there's been a lot of talk about changes that are coming. So I think in the 10th FATARA scorecard, probably in the June timeframe, you'll see some changes. All right. But you mentioned also in your story, in your notebook, that the improvements are nice, but there's still some underlying challenges that agencies have in the real goal here of FATARA, and not so much the scores, but what it's trying to accomplish. What are some of those underlying issues? There are three big challenges that seem to pop up, and, and really I could highlight from the Fatara hearing. The first one, Tom, I'm going to go back six years, uh, the good old days of, of 2013 when uh, the, the decade was still new, when we were younger, had more hair, and basically uh, OMB and GAO still disagreed over data center consolidation versus optimization. Now, GAO, for the most part, has been very consistent, banging the cost savings drum. You can save more money. OMB, on the other hand, really has floated between savings and optimization over the last six years. And in fact, last June at the Fatara hearing, OMB rolled out its latest data center policy. I think, Tom, by my count, I think this was the fourth data center policy since the Obama administration. So over the last, you know, about about nine or 10 years. And this one focused more on optimization and not enough on savings. And there's a lot of concern that that was inconsistent with law. You know, six months later, we're still at odds. Carol Harris, the GAO's director of IT management issues, says that that basically the data center consolidation and optimization efforts are missing the boat. It's actually a step backwards, she said, because there's something like 2,300 data centers that, quote unquote, no longer qualify 
And some of these are pretty big ones. Like the Social Security Administration has several that are over 5,000 square feet. Sure. The State yeah. Department has and several. not that old either. Not that old, probably. And the State Department has several that are over 10,000 square feet. And those fall off the, if you will, view of the agency, of the agency IO, of the, of the goal to close down those data centers. And, and that's not obviously sitting well with Congress. Uh, Jerry Connolly, the chairman of the Oversight and Reform Subcommittee on Government Operations who held the hearing, has said, we want agencies to close data centers because that's where the money is going to come from to create savings for other IT modernization efforts. So that continues to be areas where OMB, GAO, and Congress butt heads. And as I said, Tom, it's been six years. Sure. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Anything else come up during that hearing? Two other big ones that came up. One is around working capital funds. Now, Tom, this is part of the Modernizing Government Technology Act. There was two pieces to that act. The one set up the Technology Modernization Fund, which we may talk about later, and then it gave each agency the ability to set up working capital funds where if they saved money, they could deposit that into a bank account to for later use of IT modernization. And, and so far, few agencies have set up uh, these working capital funds. In fact, NASA was asked about this. Uh, Renee Wynn, the CIO, testified at the hearing. And her comments were very interesting because she said, we did an initial analysis over the summer, and by next summer, so summer of 2020, we'll have a decision. And that struck me as odd. It's going to take a year to make a decision. So I caught up with her and said, well, what's going to take so long? It seems like you've done the initial analysis. A decision should be made in a couple months. And she said, listen, there's, it's a lot more complicated than just checking <laughs> off. There's, there's a lot of plans. There's a lot of other authorities they have to go through. And it's just going to take some time. But I think the, the problem here is a lot of agencies are facing a similar challenge. Do they really want another working capital fund? 17 already have them um, beyond what MGT called for. And two, do they want to go through Congress and will Congress approve it? And the MGT has a few issues. There was another GAO report that noted, aside from paying back the funds that they got from the TMF, the agencies are not paying GSA back the simple management fees for administering the whole program, and it's going to take them five more years just to get back a million and a half dollars in administrative fees. This was a fascinating report, and I am not necessarily the biggest fan of reading every GAO report word for word. A lot of them, to their credit, are a good snapshot in time, but but generally speaking, they're, they're go along to get along, right? A lot of agencies, we agree with the recommendation, we will make changes. This one was fascinating because OMB and GSA pushed back and pushed back very aggressively on GAO's findings. I'll give you one example. Uh, OMB Deputy Director for Management Margaret Weikirk said in the letter responding to the draft report that GAO's facts, assumptions, and recommendations are misleading at best and paints an incomplete picture of the TMF. Uh, GSA Administrator Emily Murphy, who is a former congressional staffer who, over her career, has requested many of these GAO reports, was maybe a lighter touch, but she still used words like short-sighted about GAO's findings and expressed concerns over auditors' conclusions. Tom, you never see this or rarely see this in government. And, sure. and, and at yeah. the same time, you got to give GAO credit. They stuck by their guns. They were very, listen, one of the things that OMB pushed back on was you called the TMF insolvent. And GAO said, no, we never used that word insolvent. We never called it insolvent. We said, it's going to take you till 2025 to pay back those the, the operating fees. And that's of concern for us. Yeah, the fees were due last August. And the most they'd gotten back was like 0.033% or something. It was like $33,000 total. Yeah, yeah. Like 1.2 1. 1. million. Yeah, so... The and, facts are there as they stand now, anyhow. And, and if you dig deeper, it's not just the money piece, Tom, but if you dig deeper into the report, you also see that there's been change in scope of some of these uh, projects that receive loans, that, that several of the projects are getting their money much more slowly than GSA expected. And I think all of that is is at, adding to this factor of that GSA's program management office 
is in the red and they can't get out for several years. And in some ways, the whole TMF process is a little bit of a black box. And not that many agencies have actually applied. I think uh, earlier you had an interview with Suzette Kent that was saying, hey, folks, apply if you want to get some of the TMF funds. They still have a fair amount of money that they can give, they can quote unquote give away. Uh, several agencies have applied. The, the biggest challenge is getting past the board and, and, and checking all the right boxes. And I think that's where a lot of agencies have had difficulty in. Not so much the desire, but are you meeting all their criteria? And they are getting $25 million for tw- fiscal 2020. That just came through in the spending bill as long as it gets passed and signed and, and gets moved on. But uh, so we'll see more of these things happen. And, and it'll be interesting to see what changes, if any, OMB and GSA make based on this GAO report. Nothing like a good Fatara hearing. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Check out his notebook now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.